0: Wherever we gather, however we gather, we create a sanctuary. Here in this sanctuary of ancient dreams and wisdom and beauty, we come to grow, to be healed, to stretch mind and heart, to be challenged, renewed, to be helped in our own continuing struggles for meaning and for love, to help build a world with more justice and mercy in it to be counted among the hopers and doers. Here we invite the spirit of our own humanity and the healing powers under, around, through and beyond it to give us the nerve and the grace, the toughness and the sensitivity to search out the truth that frees and the life that maketh all things new. Come, let us worship together the words of Jack Mendelson. Good morning, I'm Angela Herrera, the senior minister here at First Unitarian. I'm joined this morning by associate minister, the Reverend Bob Lavalle, by lay leader, John Eldridge, and our technical arts director, Chris Paul, is our DJ this morning. Intern minister, Matt Pardritor Villarreal is our backup DJ, and he also prepared our time for all ages. And Erica, Cheryl and Alex are our ushers this morning. If you're visiting for the first or second time and you feel comfortable, we invite you to put your name and location in the chat so that we can offer a personal greeting to you this morning. And before we uh, get rolling with the rest of the service, I do just want to lift up a warning that we've shared in our other ways of communications over the last couple of weeks, uh, our e-broadsheet, social media, et cetera, which is that there's an email scam out there right now. Uh, It affects lots of churches, uh, and ours has also been targeted, where scammers send an email to people associated with the congregation pretending to be a trusted staff member like me or Bob and they sign the email with our name. And generally they're asking for you to go purchase gift cards for some kind of an emergency pastoral situation. It's not true. So it's not us, we'll never ask you to purchase gift cards Any giving you do uh, for the church is going to go through our official channels, through the church office, through the links we put in our chat box, etc. And if you ever receive something that looks fishy, we will not be offended that you don't respond to it. (laughs) We would much rather you play it safe. So be careful out there and uh, take good care. And thank you for thinking of the church. And now John has another announcement to share.
1: Good morning. It's great to be with you again. We're glad you're worshiping with us today. As Unitarian Universalists, we welcome all those who are open to learning from one another about their chosen spiritual paths. Our nation celebrates the life and legacy of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. every January. This year, Albuquerque collaborates with community organizations statewide to host the 2022 Dream Weekend, including a breakfast, a dinner, a film showing and the annual commemorative MLK March. A group from this congregation will be joining the March, walking behind our stand with, Side with Love banner on Saturday, January 15th at 10 a.m. Please save the date and time and watch for details in the broadsheet. We are about to be light our chalice. Please feel free to have your own chalice or candle to light at home, ready when we light our church chalice in a moment after the following pulpit editorial. Good morning.
2: My name is Michael McDonald and I'm a member of the Church Strategic Planning Task Force. For the past six year, months, we've been meeting with different church groups, collecting your thoughts on where the church has been, where we are now, and where members want to be heading in the next five years. We then shape that input into our strategic plan. I'm taking this opportunity to describe what the plan, your plan, means to me. Now, like pretty much everybody we talk to, I think this is a very special church. Pandemic woes and normal shortcomings aside, we're at a beautiful point in our history. This is an amazing place. Operationally, the plan includes adjusting things we're doing, trying out new ideas, and taking our pandemic skills forward. Significantly, this includes strengthening connections and deepening relationships to care for each other, basically refining how we do things that let us continue to be a high-functioning church that serves our members well. Spiritually, the plan calls on us to do some serious self-work. I became a UU when I was 19. That's over 40 years ago. For my first 20 years, I found few people my age. I found my place by mostly acting older. Don't get me wrong, it worked for me. I grew and I caught up in age. Now that I'm older, I think it's high time we stop asking young to act my age. Our plan is to make more space for the young to be young by weaving all ages into all we do to support each other at each stage of our lives, to be an all age affirming, all age friendly church that nurtures future leaders. Our church and UUs everywhere have fought the long hard battle against racism and oppression. We've done great work, yet we UUs fall short of our equity ideals within our church. When the people we fought for hear a call and come to help, most find little space for them to be with them. Like the young, few stay. I don't want that. I, I want to do better. Our plan is to make more space for all people to be themselves, embracing the multiple cultures in our church and building our relational skills to be more fully inclusive, including... Of course, adopting the EUA Eighth Principle and doing the work to make it real and meaningful. We expect this self-work to be the hardest yet most meaningful work ahead of us. In both areas, they require many of us to set aside and reconsider privileges that our age, wealth, social status, race, and ethnicity has conferred on us. I'm excited to do this important internal work. Yet, internal change is not our only goal. Our goal is also to create real change. And so our final two strategic directions are to use the gifts of our high-functioning church, use the self-work lessons we're learning to join forces with community partners and our youth to work for social, economic, and environmental justice, and also to put our campus to work to serve our values. Yes, we already do some of this. We already partner with other church and social service groups. We do use the church for serving poor and marginalized communities. We use our halls for public concerts and gatherings. This strategic direction is to put fuller attention to the causes, to partner more fully with others, to use our resources more intentionally. In short, our plan is to be the best church we can be, to do institutional and personal inner work, to be the change we wish to see, and to use the gifts of our church and our work as springboards for social, economic, and environmental justice. I think that's a good plan. Please join us in your support. Now in closing, I would like to thank Gilbert Guterres, our chair, and members Michaela Rice-Winsmore, Heather Clark, and Amy Sun for helping me grow through this planning experience, for helping me really understand what our members were telling us, for supporting me in my inner work, and for teaming to bring these ideas forward. Thank you.
1: We light our chalice this morning with these words by Dee Simone. May light always surround you. May hope kindle and rebound you. May your hurts turn to healing and your heart embrace feeling. May wounds become
3: wisdom.
4: Good
5: morning. Will you please join me in singing our opening hymn, Simple Gifts. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis a gift to come down where we ought to be when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained. To bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed to turn We'll be our light Till by turning, turning we come
6: good morning everyone today's time for all ages is a story that was read to me many times as a child it's called the story of ferdinand by Munro leaf with drawings by robert larson Once upon a time in Spain, there was a little bull, and his name was Ferdinand. All the other little bulls he loved with would run and jump and butt their heads together. But not Ferdinand. He liked to sit just quietly and smell the flowers. He had a favorite spot out in the pasture under a cork tree, It was his favorite tree, and he would sit in its shade all day and smell the flowers. Sometimes his mother, who was a cow, would worry about him. She was afraid he would be lonesome all by himself. Why don't you run and play with the other little bulls and skip and butt your head, she would say. But Ferdinand would shake his head. I like it better here, where I can just sit quietly and smell the flowers. His mother saw that he was not lonesome, and because she was an understanding mother, even though she was a cow, she let him just sit there and be happy. As the years went by, Ferdinand grew and grew until he was very big and strong. All the other bulls who had grown up with him in the same pasture would fight each other all day. They would butt each other and stick each other with their horns. What they wanted most of all was to be picked to fight at the bullfights in Madrid. But not Ferdinand. He still liked to sit just quietly under the cork tree and smell the flowers. One day, five men came in very funny hats to pick the biggest, fastest, roughest bull to fight in the bullfights in Madrid. All the other bulls ran around snorting and butting, leaping and jumping, so the men would think that they were very strong and fierce and pick them. Ferdinand knew that they wouldn't pick him, and he didn't care. So he went out to his favorite cork tree to sit down. He didn't look where he was sitting, and instead of sitting on the nice cool grass in the shade, he sat on a bumblebee. Well... If you were a bumblebee and a bull sat on you, what would you do? You would sting him. And that is just what this bee did to Ferdinand. Wow, did it hurt. Ferdinand jumped up with a snort. He ran around puffing and snorting, butting and pawing the ground as if he were crazy. The five men saw him, and they all shouted with joy, Here was the largest and fiercest bull of all, just the one for the bullfights in Madrid. So they took him away for the bullfight day in a cart. What a day it was! Flags were flying, bands were playing, and all the lovely ladies had flowers in their hair. They had a parade into the bullring, First came the banderilleros with long, sharp pins, with ribbons on them, to stick the bull and make him mad. Next came the picadores, who rode skinny horses, and they had long spears to stick into the bull and make him madder. Then came the matador, the proudest of all. He thought he was very handsome, and bowed to the ladies. He had a red cape and a sword, and was supposed to stick the bull last of all. Then came the bull, and you know who that was, don't you? Ferdinand. They called him Ferdinand the Fierce, and all the banderilleros were afraid of him, and the picadores were afraid of him, and the matador was scared stiff. Ferdinand ran into the middle of the ring, and everyone shouted and clapped, because they thought he was going to fight fiercely and butt and snort and stick his horns around. But not Ferdinand. When he got to the middle of the ring, he saw the flowers and all the lovely ladies' hair, and he just sat down quietly and smelled. He wouldn't fight and be fierce no matter what they did. He just sat and smelled. And the maderieros were mad, and the picadores were madder, and the matador was so mad he cried because he couldn't show off with his cape and sword so they had to take Ferdinand home. And for all I know, he is sitting there still under his favorite cork tree, smelling the flowers just quietly. He is very happy. Thank you, Matt.
3: I invite you now to move your bodies into a position that supports a moment of meditation. I wanna share the words of Rolf Gates, a former army ranger who became a yoga teacher, a yoga teacher I studied with actually in Boston. And he writes, it's said that the mind screams and the heart whispers. Over time, we've lost touch with the wisdom of the heart in our efforts to manage the demands of our screaming minds. Instead of learning to listen, we've learned to numb and to filter. The sensations that get through our filters and our numbness become supersized. Fear becomes violence, desire becomes gluttony, service to one's community becomes workaholism. More is never enough. To return our focus to the heart's whisper, we must be available to the felt experience of sitting. And while breathing, we must become available to the felt experience of breathing. When we are sitting and breathing as the world wakes up, we become available to the world waking up. That's the end of the quote. Let's practice that. So feel where you are sitting. Feel the places where your body is supported by the chair or your feet supported by the floor. Then turn your attention to your breath. Feel where your breath happens in your body. If it helps you to feel it, maybe place your hand on your chest or your belly. Just Observe your breath, don't try to control
4: it. And let's sit and breathe in silence.
1: Our community is strengthened when we help each other bear our burdens as well as celebrate our joys. Please use the chat bar to share what is on your heart and to support others as they share what is on theirs. If you're not able to write in the chat bar, please contact the church office or email caring at uuabq.org. The video will prompt us first to share our joys and then later our concerns.
5: Al respirar.
6: ...respiro paz... ...al exhalar... ...exhalo amor...
4: Respiro paz mm. mm. al exhalar. Mm. Respira, respiro paz al exhalar exhalo amor al respirar respiro paz al exhalar exhalo
3: All these joys and concerns, we lift them up to the great powers of celebration and healing and renewal known by many names. Let's pray together. We lift up Rebecca Roth as she confronts a serious health challenge. May healing come to her quickly. In this week, when we observed with horror the anniversary of the insurrection, We offer this prayer, spirit of life, God of many names, love that surrounds us. We gather here with sorrow in our hearts. We gather here with pain in our hearts. We gather here with holy rage in our hearts. We pray for those seeking justice from the enemies of democracy. May they know support and success and subpoenas We pray for our own healing. May we have the courage, the strength to turn back the onslaught of hate. We pray for the soul of this country. May this country clearly see the danger around us, the dangers of bigotry, the dangers of ignorance, the dangers of violence, the dangers of giving into fear. May we come out the other side of this with our souls intact. We pray for all those impacted by this latest wave of COVID. May our medical professionals find support and rest. May all those suffering from the virus find healing quickly. And may all those who mourn find comfort. Finally, in this month of attention, I share this prayer of good intention. Dear Lord, So far, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, haven't lost my temper, haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. May we all be held in the heart of love. Peace be with you.
1: This morning's reading is titled Promise by Barbara Crooker. This day is an open road stretching out before you. Roll down the windows, step into your life as if it were a fast car. Even in industrial parks, trees are covered with white blossoms, festive as brides, and the air is as soft as a well-washed shirt on your arms. The grass has turned implausibly green, Tomorrow, the world will begin again, another fresh start. The blue sky stretches, shakes out its tent of light, even dandelions glitter in the lawn, a handful of golden change.
0: So has anybody made a new year resolution yet? Got some plans for 2022? Does anybody else feel like it's just inviting trouble we make plans at this point it's really been a time and it's being one all over again isn't it i mean just take our in-person christmas eve service as an example i was really looking forward to an in-person christmas eve service this year after being all virtual last year things have not returned to normal of course but we've all been adapting and about. 10 days before Christmas Eve, though, our music director Susan Peck gently brought to my attention the fact that the service outline I had shared was an exact duplicate of our last Christmas Eve before the pandemic, complete with the exact same sermon title and congregational singing. had no pandemic adaptations listed in the plan. I had uploaded it a month earlier to use as a template and then just completely forgotten to look at it again at all. I vaguely thought I had updated it, but apparently with all of the transition and change happening in other areas, I made a subconscious decision that Christmas Eve was gonna be a throwback to a more comfortable era, the year 2019. Our brains are so interesting. So, all right, we did have to make some updates I realized, including of course, COVID precautions. If you attended the service that night, you heard a little bit of the story in my homily. We had planned a service with a small masked choir singing for the first time since March of 2020. And then we would all go outside with our candles to sing a couple of closing songs together in the courtyard with luminarias even, beautiful. Then, One of our musicians tested positive for COVID. This was the second worship leader to test positive within about 10 days, after 15 weeks of no positives at all on the entire worship team. That felt ominous, Omicron is here. New plan, no choir, shorter service so we get outdoors faster, got it. We got a few requests to live stream that 7 p.m. service and I thought, why not? It's Christmas Eve, let's try it. Well, the streaming platform we were going to use turned out not to work, and so we'd have to do it on Zoom, which means we'd need a Zoom DJ, so we recruited one. Okay, sweet. It also meant we would need an alternate ending since the sanctuary camera can't travel outside for those closing songs. So we developed an alternate ending and trained the DJ, done, beautiful, got it, sweet. Then I checked the weather report. It called for rain and 20 mile an hour winds. Now we needed an alternate, alternate ending friends, one in which we would stay in the sanctuary and the Zoom people could stay connected with everybody else and we would not sing for the love of Pete. Okay, I developed that, retrained the volunteers and the Zoom DJ and rewrote the Christmas Eve script. At 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve, I checked the weather again, clear skies and only a four mile an hour breeze. Okay, back to alternate ending number one. At 7 p.m., I sat on the platform with our intern minister, Matt, and as the service began, I checked the weather report one more time. Now it said there was an 80% chance of rain precisely when we would have gone outside and at no other time in the entire evening. I've been wondering when I would use the phrase, not today, Satan, in a sermon. In the end, the folks in the sanctuary put on our coats and we jingled on out into that courtyard where we sang around the old cottonwood luminarias at our feet and the sky was gentle and calm. The folks on Zoom got to sing along with the choir's specially made video and light candles with each other in the gallery. We make plans and God laughs, yeah? So what do you do? You know what, what should we do about 2022? Well, we adapt and we laugh with God. Here's the secret to being able to do that. Most of the big things that are really worth setting our sights on, most of the things that truly matter to us, they don't actually begin with plans at all. They begin with intention and intention is different than a plan. In fact, what we call plans, some might call out-tensions, not intentions, but out-tensions because they're about outcomes. Out-tensions or plans might include taking a certain trip or changing our bodies in a certain way or exercising a certain amount or meeting a certain kind of person. Here are some examples of out-tensions. I wanna go to Paris wanna gain or lose a certain amount of weight. That's a big one in January when diet culture is at its most maniacal, staging a relentless attack of advertising. Or maybe your out-tension is to fall in love with a person who has a degree in bagpiping or puppet arts, which are real degrees at Carnegie Mellon University and the University of Connecticut respectively. And I absolutely believe that they are awesome degrees. But consider the flexibility and the deeper meaning of framing your goals this way. I want to feel adventurous and have new cultural experiences. I want to enjoy feeling connected, strong, and healthy in my body, whatever my body type. I want to meet interesting people who take music and okay, sure, puppets, seriously. I'm not sure what corresponds to puppets, Joy? But when when we separate our out-tensions, our outcomes from intentions, the deeper goals or the values that underlie them, then we get a lot clearer and more flexible. If our intention is adventure and culture, there are many ways to live into that, even if our plans are somehow thwarted. If the intention is feeling connected, strong and healthy, then we can do that by tuning into our bodies and making decisions that support that. And it puts the focus on our pleasure instead of a measure, which is good for the soul too. If the goal is to meet interesting people who share our passions, falling in love may happen, but those interactions won't have to meet such a high bar in order to be a win. And who knows, you might happily fall in love with a dog food taster, which is an actual job tasting actual dog food. It also requires a college degree or one imagines equivalent experience might do. I've definitely known some self-taught dog food tasters. In fact, I tasted dog food before I could even read, precocious. The Latin root of the word intention means to stretch toward. What value or deeper goal would you like to stretch toward? Something a level below a plan, the thing that the plan satisfies. What is that deeper thing for you? Because if we don't set our intentions, then what? We can end up feeling stuck, helpless, disappointed, either because the plan we set our hearts on did not turn out to be possible, or maybe we weren't clear about the intention beneath our planning, so maybe the plan works, but feels still unsatisfying somehow or with no intention and no plan, we can probably just expect to repeat certain patterns in our lives, whether they are satisfying to us or not. There's a wonderful quote from the writer Anne Lamott where she talks about what can happen if we don't consciously decide what to stretch toward, about what happens if we let our aversions or our fears interfere. She says, oh my God, what if you wake up someday You never got your memoir or novel written or you didn't go swimming in warm pools or oceans all those years because your thighs were jiggly and you had a nice, big, comfortable tummy. Or you were just so strung out on perfectionism and people pleasing that you forgot to have a big, juicy, creative life of imagination and radical silliness and staring off into space like when you were a kid. It's going to break your heart. Don't let this happen, she says. Pick a new direction and aim for that shoot the moon. Another way that we can get derailed from living our best lives is if because we're not clear about our deeper intention, we say yes to the wrong things. We might take on things that take up too much of our time or stress us out and they leave us without enough left to invest in what matters to us most. Now. I definitely don't mean that we have to be doing extraordinary Instagrammable things in order to look like we are living intentionally. That's actually the opposite of what I'm saying. The look of whatever we're doing, that's an out tension, right? That's an outcome. The inner part is what matters. You can spend a whole day running tiresome errands with a kid or three in the back of a car and absolutely meet your intentions around playfulness and compassion. When you all get hangry in the middle of it, you can still nail your intention of modeling problem-solving, apology, and owning your impact. Remember, when we're guided by intention and not best laid plans, that's when we are at our most flexible and most adaptive. That's important because sometimes things don't turn out as we intend. And I'm gonna talk about unintended consequences later this month. This whole thing is an iterative process. It's something that we do over and over again throughout our lives. So there's no such thing as too late to set an intention. At various times in our lives, we're clearer or foggier about our intentions. Sometimes we get caught up in life's currents for years and we forget to set our own direction. And if that's happened, It's okay, this is an invitation. It's not something to stress out about. The invitation is wherever you are, whatever age or phase, why not decide with purpose now what to stretch toward? Here's one more thing, a way to level up if you want like master's level intention setting, okay? Ask yourself, not just what some of your deeper goals are this year, but what kind of person you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? I'm talking about spiritual qualities. Do you want to be compassionate, kind, non-judgmental, centered? What kind of person do you want to be no matter what happens this year, regardless of any wins or losses? Adventures, comforts, or disappointments, joys, or hurts? What kind of person do you want to be as you respond to all that this year of your life holds? Set an intention around that. The month of January, you might know, is named after the Roman god Janus, the god of beginnings and endings, transitions, doorways passages, and time. Janus is depicted with two faces, one looking toward the past and one toward the future. I love it when ancient human wisdom is hidden in plain sight in the modern society. There are times to notice thresholds to set new courses to take stock. The turning of a year is one humans have recognized across cultures and millennia according to their diverse and varied calendars and they our collective ancestors invite you to beautiful got it sweet
1: Alice Walker wrote, to the extent that it is possible, you must live in the world today as you wish everyone to live in the world to come. That can be your contribution. Otherwise, the world you want will never be formed. With this offering, we give to the world today and to the world tomorrow. You can make an offering online by clicking on the link that we'll put in the chat box. And if you prefer not to give online, you can simply mail a check to the church. Include, if applicable, Change for the Future on the memo line. Change for the Future recipient this month is Encuentro. Encuentro's mission is to transform New Mexico into a thriving community for all its residents. They do that by, quote, engaging with Latino immigrant families in educational career development opportunities that build skills for economic and social justice, unquote. Encuentro is committed to the belief that quality education should build both individual and community knowledge. And with that knowledge comes individual and community power.
3: generously given is received in gratitude. Thank you on behalf of First Unitarian, and thank you on behalf of Encuentro. We're coming towards the end of our service, and as always, you're invited to stay on after the service is over and chat with your fellow congregants, perhaps offset the isolation that we're feeling all right now in their moment of Omicron isolation. And as you chat, here's a question for you to consider, and I cannot improve on the question that Angela asked in her sermon. That question is, what kind of person do you want to be this year? What kind of person do you want to be this year? But before we get to that, let's take a moment to greet each other as best we can. I invite you to shift your view on Zoom to gallery so you can see each other's faces. and Let's do our Pacham greeting, one hand over our hearts. On the other hand, extending towards your community, our community,
4: and look at each other's faces. Blessed be. Angela will share the
3: benediction.
0: As we extinguish our chalices, go in peace, friends, and may love bless you and keep you until we're gathered again. Blessed be.